You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast with Brian Weber. It's a talk show. We talk. And former Pro Bowl Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Hey, get your popcorn ready. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Cordell Stewart. On today's podcast, we're going to take you around the league with Josh Alper of ProFootballTalk.com and preview Monday Night Football, the divisional matchup between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Let's kick off the podcast today with former Steelers cornerback, NFL Network analyst, Ike Taylor. Ike, always a pleasure. So we were just talking about what the Steelers should do with Martavis Bryant. We know they're saying they're not going to move him before tomorrow's trade deadline, but given what we've seen out of Juju Smith-Schuster, and I went to USC, I saw him do that repeatedly on college football Saturdays. If Juju's the number two receiver, what should they do with Martavis Bryant? I mean, you still got to keep him. You still need depth at that position. We saw, you know, Justin, Justin Hunter, we saw what he can do. Um, he's maxed out on what he can do. He's no Martavis. Bryant, Juju played special last night. We saw what he can do. And, again, if you was watching him from USC, you saw he was kind of special. You know, he had a big frame, a big body. Uh, the guy went from defense to offense. So, he's playing receiver with a defensive back, a safety kind of mindset. So, that lets you know that. That's like reminding me of a Heinz Ward. But, at the same time, it's just his first game. So you got to understand, once teams get tape on you, you got to start becoming a professional. Like, you got to start tweaking your game. You got to start scouting yourself. So he had, a, he had a heck of a first game as a starter, you know, 97-yard receiving touchdown. But at the same time, you still got to be consistent. You still got to do this game in and game out. So it was a great start for Juju. Don't get me wrong. And I love the kid. But you still keep Martavis because you still have Martavis next year on the contract. And with the NFL, man, you just never know what can happen when it comes down to injuries. Ike, it's always good to have you on. You know it. Uh, but Berg Steelers and their, their approach. Martavis Bryant probably wants a boo-boo load of money when it comes down to a new opportunity, new contract. Juju, he comes in as a rookie. He puts up these types of numbers. How devalued has Martavis Bryant based on his actions last week with the distractions, being demoted, now down to the scout team, not being able to be on the field dressed, but yet you give Juju an opportunity to make something happen. Has he opened Pandora's box to allow the Steelers to now evaluate how they need to actually structure this case for Martavis Bryant, who's asking for more money? Well, that was going to happen regardless, you know? So what Martavis got to understand is, there's nothing wrong with being a number two receiver. All you got to do is ask Reggie Wayne, who played in the league for 14 years, right under Marvin Harrison. So he wound up winning the Super Bowl also. So I know a lot of guys want to be the man, and they itching for the money because they can see it and they can smell it. And I get all that, but Martavis is still on the contract. He still have a year left to play for the Pittsburgh still, not only this year, but next year. So, yeah, you can smell it. You can see it. Uh, you know your worth. But at the same time, man, you just put yourself in this position by opening up, opening up your mouth, uh, not only to the media, but, you know, like Coach T said, his door is always open. So if you got a problem, just come to me. So he just, he just gave Juju and other guys an opportunity to display their talent. So right now he got to get himself out. 
by practicing on the practice squad like he wants to be back in the starting position. Chatting with Ike Taylor of NFL Network. Check him out tonight. NFL total access end game after Monday Night Football between the Broncos and the Chiefs. Ike, beyond the standings, because you watch games closely, given the recent defensive improvement we've seen out of Pittsburgh, do you think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC right now? Talent-wise, yes. Uh, the best team most of going to stick with the New England Patriots. Uh, it's just something about Tom Brady. Another guy goes down, and they still find a ways to win. Um, their defense is not as good as Pittsburgh's defense, but as long as Tom Brady's under the center, he will forever give the New England Patriots a chance. Now, Pittsburgh, I feel like they're clicking um, on all cylinders. A, young, a lot of the young guys uh, either – who were hurt or didn't have that experience. Now, you know, you're halfway through the season and you're getting that experience. Uh, Big Ben, you know, he's been playing okay. Uh, the the game plan for the offense is Le'Veon Bell, regardless on how you want to feel. And I think Antonio Brown sees that, you know. we You give Le'Veon the ball enough times, I'm going to get a lot of one-on-one coverages. So I think A.B. bought into that. A.B. will be A.B., um, you got the three Bs. <laughs> you got a, a, a young emerging guy, hopefully in Juju, if he can stay healthy, of, of being one of the, the killer Bs on that offense. So the offensive line, they're pretty healthy for the most part. Yeah, this team has a lot of a lot of talent, uh, got a lot of experience when it comes down to playoffs, especially with that with that quarterback. But it's just hard to to to, to not mention New England's name right now when it comes down to being one of the best teams in the AFC. And I think another team that no one's really paying attention to, and they're doing it very quietly, especially on the defensive side of the football, that's the Buffalo Bills. Right now, right. Coach Frazier has this team playing the best lights, 100%. most lights out type football in the National Football League when it comes to turnovers, whether it's through fumbles or interceptions. And taking some back to the house, this offense finally gave uh, Shady McCoy the opportunity to get over 100 yards rushing. How underrated is the Buffalo Bills right now sitting at five and two, four new at home? Man, very, very Cordell, man. It's, I mean, you just said it. T-Mobile, their quarterback, we call him T-Mobile. <laughs> T-Mobile just making plays, making plays after plays. And Shady, man, it looks like he's just getting better the older he gets. You know, and it's hard to say that. I, I, I think they're just a good overall team. You know, you know a team that don't have a lot of big names other than you mentioned Shady. So, and you got young guys on defense that, that they're playing that you drafted this year. Uh, they're emerging. Um, you have a running back in Shady. You have a, a seasoned veteran quarterback in T-Mobile. So when you have guys like that and they didn't bought into the system, um, they're hungry. So they felt like they've been the underdogs for a while. But that defense is young. It's young and it's good. I think they have a very underrated defense, like you said, Cordell. Ike, last one for me. You know the sports scene in Louisiana very well. Saints gotten hot. They've won five straight. How much are you buying them? And is that defense better than we've seen in recent years? Yeah, yeah. I'm buying it. And the reason why I'm buying it is because they stick it to the run game. You got a young kid in Kamara from Tennessee. I bet said he was going to be good, but I, I didn't know he was going to be this good this fast. Um, and you got Ingram. Ingram finally, you know, you know, he had a thousand yards last year, and I guess when they picked up AP, of course they wanted to pay. He wanted to pay homage to AP, but 
I'm sure he's looking at the organization like, man, I did have a thousand yards rushing last year. What's going on? But just the, you know, the the duo between him and Kamara, between Ingram and Kamara. But what I did like the fact was Drew Brees only threw the ball 28 times. So that's saying a lot to me because usually when you think about Drew Brees, he's throwing that thing 40 to 45 times a game. And Drew Brees, I think he kind of understands with him and Coach Sean Payton, we can win these ball games by throwing it under 30 times and, and giving it to our young guys, Mike Thomas, uh, Kamara, just guys who just came out the draft into the league and make plays? Yes. So once they buy into that, you give you give time to give the defense some rest. And, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, the last two games, he didn't have two picks. So this, this, this defense is, has been the Achilles heel for the New Orleans Saints. But now I'm starting to see we can't say that for too long. Ike, always great to visit with you. Have a good show tonight. We'll chat with you soon again on the NFL on TuneIn. Hey, thanks for having me on that show. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Experience the excitement of the NFL as it happens with NFL First and Goal, exclusively on TuneIn Premium. From week one to week 17, jump in and out of the action every Sunday with Nick Ferguson and me taking you from game to game. We'll have home calls as teams are threatening to score. Take it to block. Brady tosses. Touchdown! Hear every big play. Hear every game-winning drop. Here's a touchdown. Catch NFL first and goal every Sunday starting at 1 Eastern, only on TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's focus on today's top headlines with Josh Alper of ProFootballTalk.com. Josh, we got the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. We know the Steelers on the record publicly saying they will not trade Martavis Bryant, but given that he is unhappy and based on what we've been seeing out of Juju Smith-Schuster recently, should they trade Bryant even if his trade value is markedly diminished? No, I, I wouldn't. I, I think... Uh... I think yeah, uh, Smith Schuster obviously had a a you know ridiculous game last night, um, but I you know I saw Eli Rogers drop a pass, and I think it's a long season, and what you're going to get back from Martavis Bryant isn't going to be worth I think the the chance of having him there if you need him for a team that obviously has big aspirations. So I, I think it makes sense to play him if need be, and then you know if he plays well, you're going to get something of of some more value for him next year. Josh, it is okay. Josh, excuse me. Is it okay to say based on how teams are playing right now um, at this point in time in the season, that uh, that's who you are. Prime example, you think of the Buffalo Bills and what they've done. They've come into Atlanta. uh, They've taken that game away from them by playing some really good defense, offense, play action pass, some running game. Uh, Tyrod Taylor actually throws touchdowns. They play in this last game against the Oakland Raiders. Two touchdowns taken back to the house, leads the league with turnovers and taking it back to the house. In offense, they're just doing it by committee, whether it's Shady McCoy or Tyrod Taylor and company. Is that who this football team is to the point where they may end up making more noise in that division, let alone in the conference, than any other team in the National Football League because no one's expecting them to do it? Well, I mean, there's. I think they they are. I think that's absolutely true. At, at once you get to the midpoint of the season, I, I think it's it's uh, a team has shown you what it can be either at its best or, or at its worst. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll they'll maintain that level of production. But I think with the Bills, everyone has been waiting for sort of that other shoe to drop with them, and it's 
it's not dropping, and there's no reason to think it will. Uh, you know, you saw it again this week. You trade Marcel Darius, and and the team obviously is is going to be built on how strong they are as a collective group, and it's it's not going to be about the you know the names of the stars with with maybe you know maybe Shady McCoy being the exception to that. But it's not like it's a one man show. It's everybody doing their little part, and and to quote you know to quote the the master of that division do, doing their job and doing their one little job. And if everyone does their one job on a play, you should win the play. And so you win enough plays, then you win the game and you win enough games, you get to the playoffs. So I, I think it's all setting up for, for the bills to, to do that over the second half of the season, you know, barring the, the things you can never predict in the league, but in terms of the mentality and the approach and, and the execution, everything with Buffalo has been, I think the biggest surprise of the year thus far. Bills, a huge surprise at five and two short week as the road team matching up with the Jets Thursday night football at the Meadowlands. Josh Alper, ProFootballTalk.com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Josh, it's foolish to hand out mid-season awards. We all do it. It's compelling content. So if we're talking MVP a few weeks ago was Alex Smith. Carson Wentz, I think, has to be the front runner now. But based on the latest heroics from Russell Wilson yesterday, where do you want to position him? Oh, I think he's right outside. I mean, when you're responsible for all but three yards, your team picks up in a game. Um, it's tough to look at it any other way. That, you know, I thought you were going to actually ask about the other guy in that uh, in that shootout in in Deshaun Watson, and see maybe uh, football is taking a page from baseball with you know Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger and a rookie get in the mix. That's probably a stretch, but Russell Wilson for sure. I, I mean, this is. This is a guy who he seems like he's running for his life on, on half the snaps, and, and a lot of them wind up as big, productive plays. They don't have the running game that they've had in the past. The defense has cracked a bit more than, than the one in the past, and, and they're still right there. And, and a, a team that you, you like their chances against everybody in that NFC, I think, to you know at least go down with a, a big fight. Uh, but other than Philly, I, I don't know who you would like much more than Seattle, and, and Wilson's the biggest reason for that. Brian, a moment ago, mentioned Marcel Darius uh, being able to be a part of this Jacksonville Jaguars football team. Uh, Calais Campbell and company has truly done their thing to where now they've changed the name to Saxville as opposed to Jacksonville. How much you're buying this football team, knowing that they have a defense that's really playing good, and spite of how Blake Bortles is playing nine touchdowns with a QBR of 46.3, you think this team is playing the, the type of football that can win this division, which hasn't been this physical? Uh, let's just say maybe even since Tom Coughlin has been there way back in the, in the mid to, to late 90s. Uh, you know, I, I think they can. I'd like to see them win two games in a row before I, I really jump onto the Jacksonville bandwagon. I, I think when you look at them at their best, you know, that game against Indy and, and the opener um, against Houston, I, I think those are those performances are the kinds of ones you look at and you're like, wow, this team could really make noise. And, and I do think about that, those Coughlin Giants teams and the way they just abuse uh, quarterbacks and, and you know, rush the passer until, until the offense has died. And, and Marcel Darius should help on that front. I, I certainly don't trust Blake Bortles, though. And and uh, as good as Leonard Fournette has been, I just don't think you can win in the NFL in the playoffs without a quarterback capable of making plays. Uh, there's been a game or two where Bortles has looked okay. I just the, the consistency is still not there. And until the until the consistency 
until they show they can keep winning games week in, week out and, and not do this win one, lose one, win one, lose one thing. I, I think it's hard to, to build into them as a the kind of team that could, could really make a long run in the playoffs. Taking you around the league with our friend Josh Alper, ProFootballTalk.com. Josh, last one for me as we turn our attention to an interesting Monday night football game, divisional matchup, Denver and Kansas City. Denver, over the last four games, just three offensive touchdowns. I know Vance Joseph, especially as a first-time head coach in the NFL, does not want to be perceived as panicking. But if Trevor Simeon underachieves again tonight, is he going to have any choice but to make a quarterback change, even if it's a move to, dare I say, Brock Osweiler? Uh, it, it's going to be very tough for him to argue otherwise, unless, you know, if, if the loss were to happen, uh, you know, in some kind of offensive shootout, which seems really unlikely given everything we've seen from Denver this year. Uh, it, it's tough. I, I think we've seen, you know, with Trevor Simeon, they, were, they sort of always said that his floor was higher than you might get with Paxton Lynch or. Uh, I mean, that's going back to the summer when Lynch was healthy, but the, the ceiling was much lower. And, and I think we've seen that he just doesn't, he doesn't scare teams. The offensive line isn't good enough to give him time to, to do what he can do well and, and be successful. And so I, I think under those circumstances, you have to try something else because whether you're going to call it panic or, or desperation or not, I, I mean, we were talking about, you are what your record says you are. And, and, a loss to the Chiefs tonight says that the Broncos aren't a good football team. And, and when you're not a good football team, you have to start looking for alternatives. And, and Lynch is practicing. I think it's probably more likely they, they try and get it to where Lynch is healthy and can take over rather than going with Osweiler. But if Simeon's a disaster tonight, they're not going to have a choice. Josh, as always, we appreciate the great information. Thanks so much for joining us here on the NFL on TuneIn. Have a great day, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls for more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free. At home, on campus, or in rival territory, hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. We continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now it's time for my partner to let loose as we find out who he wants to metaphorically slash. Cordell Stewart earned the nickname of Slash for his sensational versatility on the field, playing quarterback and wide receiver at a very high level. But that moniker also brings another dimension, a competitive edge that won't settle for losing. So if your favorite team is underachieving, Cordell is ready to present solutions. Buckle up your chin strap because a coaching staff and some key players are about to get slashed. Okay, partner, earlier in the show, we talked about the positive surrounding the Buffalo Bills, now 5-2. and two. Is this the year they make it to the playoffs for the first time, dating back to 1999? Before we talk about the negative surrounding Oakland, let's start with the positives in Western New York. Here's the head coach of the Bills getting it done in year one, his first head coaching opportunity in the National Football League. It's Sean McDermott. Uh, I just know that we come out every week. The guys work hard. Um, you know, they respect the process and put the time in. When you put the time in, you care about one another. Uh, you detail your work. Um, you give yourself a chance. And, and that's what the whole 
earning the right, earning the right, you fill in the blank. And, um, you know, for us it's about earning the right to have a chance to win on Sundays by doing things the right way on the field, doing things the right way off the field uh, Monday through Saturday. As for Raider head coach Jack Del Rio, who got the contract extension last year, post-game effectively said they gave away this game with a myriad of giveaways. We talked about uh, coming into this ball game about the um, about their ability to feast on turnovers. It was a big part of what they had done to start the year. Uh, it was definitely one of the musts coming in is to protect the ball, take it away ourselves. We end up minus four today. You know, clearly that was uh, that was I mean, that was the biggest factor in the game. I mean, it usually is. Cordell, there's an old adage in sports media, the more interesting story is in the losing locker room. So we've already talked about what's clicking for the Bills. What's wrong with the Oakland Raiders? What's not wrong with the Oakland Raiders? When you look at what they've done offensively, they've given Derek Carr a new contract. What has he done as of lately over the last, let's just say, six weeks? Had a great game against his Kansas City Chiefs, throwing for over 400 yards, but when it comes to turnovers, uh, their inability to also run the football has been average at best. Hadn't had a 100-yard rusher yet in receiving. Hadn't had a 100-yard receiver other than Cooper, Amari Cooper, having 210 yards against the Kansas City Chiefs. This team inability to play consistent football defensively, what, their 23rd with points allowed and when scoring points. The offense is 19th in the National Football League. Everything that we thought they were, they're totally just the opposite. I remember watching um, NBC last night where they had Tony Dungy and, and uh, Marvin, what was uh, Rodney Harrison, excuse me, Rodney Harrison. Um, and I remember Rodney Harrison, you know, when asked a question about the Oakland Raiders and, and everybody, he was like, why is everyone giving him so much love? Why is not no one really breaking down who he is? Who's giving everyone or even him the opportunity to be considered as one of the elite quarterbacks in a game? He said he thinks he's overrated. He thinks, it's, he thinks it's over. Dan Patrick kind of chuckled when he said that. And I'll say this. There's a part of me that's believing that. Because when you have a quarterback that you give that type of money to, and he is supposed to be the leader of this football team, and he goes out and he doesn't be able to rally the troops in a sense to get them actually to play some good football. They've been effed in running the football. They've been average at best when it comes to throwing the football on a consistent basis. In the receiving core, Mari Cooper ended up getting his, what, his first touchdown last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now in this defense is what I've been griping about since the preseason. I have not believed in this defense from day one. They were troubling. It was troublesome last year. And I think the same problem exists even now, right now with this football team. And what saved them last year was the offense's ability to be able to get the ball in the end zone, being able to go into not just one overtime, but double overtime against Tampa Bay and Tampa, being able to put up great numbers. But yet here it is, when it's time to actually put it up and and, and actually everyone has the jury out on how this team actually actually operates, they end up not being able to produce the way they should. I think right now Jack Del Rio not getting rid of Derek Carr, not sitting Marshawn Lynch when he comes back, not sitting Amari Cooper, but find a way to get these guys' attention to be able to go out and play the type of football they can right now. Because as we look at it overall, this team right now is third in their division and their record right now is three and five. It's really tough when it boils down to what this team will be able to do moving forward, considering that Kansas City, they play tonight against the Denver Broncos, two teams who are ahead of this Oakland Raiders team. I would think even after tonight, after playing this game, win, lose, or draw, I think both teams still will be ahead of the Oakland Raiders.
hear what you're saying about Carr, and we don't talk fantasy football on Monday because we're too busy, but from the fantasy perspective, he has mm. been an underachiever. Another Jesus. game in the span of for the last five in which he failed to have a multi-touchdown game. But, Cordell, there's a new play caller in Oakland after Bill Musgrave and the Raiders parted ways. Musgrave went to work for the Broncos. Todd Downing is now calling the plays. There is no balance whatsoever on this football team. And you can point out no Marshawn Lynch serving the one-game suspension. But, Cordell, they only ran it 14 times yesterday in upstate New York. Some of that by virtue of the fact that the Bills started to get a hefty lead. If we believe the Raiders have a top-five offensive line, financially, it's the highest-paid offensive line in all of football. Why aren't they trying to at least establish the run early? Well, that's what they have to do. I mean, you ask the teams around the National Football League that has a potential high-potent passing game, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, who started off without running Le'Veon Bell now that they had Roosevelt Knicks in the mix as the fullback to be able to get the iso block on those linebackers, you now get an opportunity to see what the balance of Le'Veon Bell running the football well creates the play-action pass and also give you the chance to throw the football down the field. How about Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, the boys with the star down in Dallas? Look when Ezekiel Elliott runs the football well. Not saying Dak hadn't played great, but I think overall from a scheme standpoint and a rhythmic standpoint, this offense flows a little different when you do impose your will up front, starting with the offensive line. If they don't start that process at some point in time, this team will really be behind the eight ball real soon. The leading rusher on this football team, DeAndre Washington, 26 yards off of six tries. Total, 54 yards, as you mentioned, off of 14 tries. Only got one touchdown. So I, I look at this to say this. The identity of this football team is completely lost. At least last year, you would get from Latavius Murray an opportunity to get a few hundred-yard rushing games to where sometimes he even took the games over. But yet that set it up to be able to get the ball down the football field as well because they had to take the, hesitate that, that, that half of a tick before those linebackers would actually bail, which now allows the, the drop-in-the-bucket throw behind the linebackers to be just a little bit easier and force the safeties to be honest, which now on the outside you have the Michael Crabtree and also the Amari Coopers being able to catch some footballs on the outside. They're not getting that this year. Defensively, they're not getting that because I think they were masked a little bit uh, by what the offense was doing last year. I think now it's showing its ugly face because nothing actually is efficient across the board on this team. So if it's the play calling, obviously it is. They need to hurry up and fix it as soon as possible because I think the winner of tonight's game uh, that's the that's the Kansas City Chiefs and also uh, the Denver Broncos will end up being one of those teams that actually or even both that would end up making a credible push to being the best team in this division because I have to be honest with you Kansas City while they have a good football team the way they played as of lately they're not that far off from being the second best team in that division Denver they haven't played good football but they are good quarterbacking game away from Trevor Simeon from, I think, being a much better football team because if they score some points, that's when the defense can be as tenacious as their stats say they basically are, which is obviously a feast of famine style defense, but now you take them out of that place of being that that type of a way because now you have to play conservative to not blitz 
play more too high to now you play into the hands of the opposing team because you're not can't you can't blitz the passer you can't blitz the rusher and force them to be uh, in difficult down and distances uh, distance situations. Hear what you're saying, and injuries are part of football. But should we factor in that Derek Carr came back quickly from that back issue that many thought was going to sideline him for a month? And if you believe what you're Old adage tells me all the time. Thank you, Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. Oakland's only three and five in a winnable division. And Cordell, they have a head-to-head victory over Kansas City. I understand your takeaways from yesterday and you're spot on. I'm not going to bury Derek Carr this early in the season. It's still October. Well, you don't want to bury him, but you don't want to put him up too high neither. I mean, you have to call it what it is. He is what his record says he is. And right now, what has he done lately? He turned the football over a lot as of lately. Uh, he hasn't been the piece to, court, uh, to allow this to stay together. And it's not that he's not a good quarterback. We just need to see more consistency in order to put him on that top-tier level. If you don't get the consistency from him, like you see from the other quarterbacks that are playing good with less or with some issues and even some injuries, I think you, you rightfully so. You need to put him either right at the bottom end uh, of maybe the second tier, middle of the second tier guys for right now, because that's the way he's playing. He's not playing top tier quarterback football right now. Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady. I'll even throw Alex Smith in the mix, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. Those guys are playing really, and whoever, Case Keenum, Case Keenum, Case Keenum is playing really, really good football right now. Derek Carr is playing just the opposite. Even Tyrod Taylor, who no one is really talking about right now. Even Russell Wilson, no one's really giving him credit because what do they have on offense? They don't have a running game. They don't have an efficient offensive line from a protection standpoint. Solid defense, but offensively. He is the reason why this thing is still going. And you saw the late throw he made uh, to Jimmy Graham down the scene when it looked like Houston was was caught up into what they needed to do or coverage being out of out of position, caused him to get the go-ahead touchdown to, to get him up front which obviously forced Deshaun Watson in his drive to throw an interception, trying a little too hard. But that type of football from the elite quarterbacks is what we all expect. We're not getting that from Derek Carr. So I can understand Rodney Harrison's sentiments when he go off on the deep end to say that, um, that he's overrated. It's just because how high. I think even myself, we put him on a level – That's way up there. But those quarterbacks who are up there, regardless of what's around them, when they are the elite guys, they make it work regardless numbers-wise. They make it work. So right as of right now, it's not working for him. So he's not on the top. He's not on the top of the charts for right now. He needs to get it. He needs to get it a little bit better for himself, regardless of injuries, regardless. A lot of guys are injured right now. He needs to play better football. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Stay up to date on the latest news as it happens on TuneIn. There are 70,000 people at risk of another life-threatening situation. From American politics to global events, get live 24-7 coverage with some of the top news media outlets in the world, including CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News Radio. And when breaking news hits, TuneIn keeps you updated with up-to-the-minute reports and analysis on the biggest stories of the day. What a moment. Absolutely. So let's get right to it. Here's our starting line. Day or night, get live news coverage from around the world on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. As we close out NFL No Huddle, the podcast, it's time for Cordell and I to go on the record with what we are more than sure is going to happen on Monday Night Football. 
It takes a unique ability to navigate the topsy-turvy National Football League. Drive down, get your eagle on on this one. A special vision to find clarity in an always changing sport. I was wrong. Brian and Cordell aren't just sure about their perspectives. They are more than sure. I'm more than sure. And let's wrap up the program by hearing from the respective head coaches, Denver. Back-to-back losses. Vance Joseph has plenty of respect for the Chiefs. The Chiefs group, as far as their corners, they're very aggressive, very uh, good at press, press man, you know, so we have to win our one-on-ones, first, second, and third down. Andy Reid's trying to snap a series of losses. Back-to-back defeats in Kansas City. Here he is. Get ready for the game. We look forward to the challenge of playing Denver, bringing them in here to Arrowhead. I know it'll be a great crowd. It's Monday night football, um, which is adds another level of excitement to it. Should be a heck of a football game. Cordell, 40 seconds left. Who wins and why tonight? This is a good one. I'm going with the Denver Broncos in this one, Brian. Uh, I think this team actually steps it up. I think they actually uh, end up bouncing back because if not, I think they set themselves all the way back. I think they win by three points. There in Kansas City. And you hit on the key component, the home of the Chiefs game at Arrowhead Stadium. Kansas City's going to win, and they're going to win big. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.